Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the tour report from Secret Golf. It is a big week. It's a big week all round. It's another one of these designated events. The biggest of them all. A $25 million purse. $4.5 million to the winner of the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. So a huge event in that respect. But a huge event for us because our very own Elk is a two-time Players' Champion. And, well, look at the trophies. <laughs> You've got them right on display today. <laughs> They were certainly huge wins for me, Diane. The first one came in 1991, which, you know, the money was great. I mean, the, I'd rather have the money now, but the money was great then. I think it was 288000 in 1991. But what it came with was better than money, was 10-year exemption back then, Diane. Now they only give away five. Uh, of course, in between these two, I won the PGA, which I got another 10. But like in 97 on this, this one, for some reason... You know, this is a bit of a trivial piece here, but the 91 trophy is about an inch taller than the 97 trophy. Don't know why. Someone maybe ought to tell us that. But those 10-year exemptions, Diane, are very important. And today we had a, they had a big meeting at the tour. They're talking about all these elevated events and all that. Imagine me, young guy, winning a 10-year exemption, at least when I was just married in 1992, of having all that job security back then. So it was a good time for, for us. And we're also going to do, I mean, we have talked to you about the wins in 91 and 97 a million times. And look at your face. I <laughs> love hearing about them. So we'll do another little show um, maybe tomorrow and we'll, we'll go into depth about each of those wins. But I mean, on the tour report today, we're going to be giving our picks, obviously, but... Like breaking down TBC Sawgrass, nobody really knows it better than you. You've had two victories there, and um, they were both very different as well. And again, we can we can get into that and touch on that a bit now. But um, you know, TBC Sawgrass is an intimidating golf course. Well, I've told stories many times, Diane. When I first saw the TBC Sawgrass, I went over and I teed off the tenth hole, and I was so intimidated when I just stood on the tee that I thought, well. 
you know what, this is going to be kind of a throwaway week. I, there's just no way that I can sort of handle this look. I mean, Pete Dye, um, you know, I read a quote on last night that Pete Dye said something like, uh, my golf courses aren't that difficult. I just make them look difficult off the tee. Uh, well, they're, I think they're pretty difficult in places, but the whole key at this this course, Diane, it does expose your weakness. I mean, if you had one thing that you had in your arsenal this week that you knew for sure, it would be you know hitting the ball pin high from the fairway because there's so many shots across water hazards, around water hazards. You know, having to be precise. You know, yes, you need good driving. You know, you, none of the guys that are wild off the tee are going to win anything this week. It's going to be the guy that just plods it down the middle, gets it on the green. The most times we saw last week, uh, Kirk Kitayama was the hit the most greens and regulations uh, of anyone in the field, beat all the star players. I was watching Bay Hill at the end of the tournament, Diane. I was looking at, I was thinking about handicapping this event. I was looking at speed. I'm looking at Justin Thomas. I'm looking at Rory. Are they, any of them hitting the ball good enough to play well at the players? Well, you've told me, you were there yesterday, is, there is a lot of rough. So mm -hmm. obviously more in the fairway is going to be the most important thing before you even get to the most important part about this tournament, which is hitting greens in rig. Yeah, right. Well, we're going to dive into the course and I've been out there. Um, so I'll tell you what I saw and the research that I've been doing, asking people some questions. But going back to last week at Bay Hill and Kurt Katayama getting that win, I love to see it because that was the fourth designated event of the year. John Ram has won two. Scotty Scheffler won in Phoenix. But to see... I mean, he's, he's not an underdog by any means, but, you know, a, a rookie, a rising star going against the biggest names for all that money and getting the win. It's just brilliant. And I think it shows that these designated events are maybe a little more open than we thought. Well, one thing we know for sure, you know, with Kurt Kitayama, one of the things that helped him the most was he was last off. So as these stars finished ahead of him, one of the one of the it may be more nerve wracking to be in the final group, Diane but it's the best place to be because eventually Rory gets off the golf course, Spieth finishes, Scheffler finishes, and you're left and you know what to do. Or you see what's clearly in front of you and you know the pressure's going to be over in two holes. And, of course, Kitayama just hit a great shot at 17, made the birdie on 17, which separated himself, and then part 18 to close it out. So yeah. he was – he. Being in the last group is so advantageous. It may be a little nerve-wracking, as I said, for a rookie or someone uh, that hasn't won tournaments to be in the last group, but it's trust me, it's the best place to be. Mm -hmm. um, we do know with the new elevated events, Diane, we are going to lose 100 guys or 70 guys every week. We're not going to get that sort of young guy that has a great week that could jump in and beat all the stars. So that that is something that I'm sure they're discussing right now in the, in the players' meetings where guys are pretty much going to lose 12 opportunities to play in a tournament next year. Yeah, and it's um, that's a whole big conversation, and at some point we can really kind of dig into it. But um, you know, this event this week it just shows the importance of these events because you know we we want the money, obviously, and four and a half million is insane. But uh, six hundred FedEx Cup points, so something like this. And I, I use Nick Taylor as an example, who kind of came out of nowhere, finished second at the WM Phoenix Open, won a whole load of cash, and jumped all the way up in the rankings. So you have one of these big, good weeks, and it can really change things going forward in a really important year. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of the guys in that tour meeting are, say, are saying, I'm not going to get to be Nick 
Taylor, Diane, that I'm not going to get a chance to play in one of these big events. I'm going to be sitting over here to the side. So kind of strange that the tour is going this way, but they're all in on, you know, keeping that product. You know, Liv came around. Now they've decided they're all in. They've got to put all their money into the top players, sell the sponsorships, and sort of not worry about the other guys for now. They, you know, I think we'll see some more, you know, backtracking, talking about how they're going to sort of try to help those guys out. But normal – Normally, back when I started the tour, when Dean Beeman was the commissioner, it was all about getting the most starts they could for their whole tour membership. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking of the other guys, defending champion is Cam Smith, who's off to live and no longer with the PGA Tour. He lives close by to TBC Sawgrass, and I did see an interview that he had done saying that, <laughs> I'm sure he was joking, but he might head on out as a spectator this week and have a walk around and watch some golf and see what's happening. I mean, whether he will or not, but it's um, it's a strange one that normally, you know, we've seen the TV commercials, one of which you're on, by the way. I hear your voice all the time. I'm like, there we go. Um, but you know, to have that win last year in such terrible weather and really, really difficult conditions. And Cam Smith just put on that clinical display on the greens to get the win. It's kind of weird that there's just no, it's like it never happened. Well, you know, I think he'd be superly well accepted if he was walking around the gallery. He's a local guy there. He followed this tournament. He said on that interview, I saw the same one you did. It's <clears throat> followed this tournament for years and years, finally won it. And, uh, the second place finisher, Anna Bon Lahiri, is not here, and I think Paul Casey, the third place finisher, is not here either. So the top three guys that played that were there last year are not in this tournament. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, Diane, the, the major championships have elected to let live players that have qualified for those events to play in them. In your mind, um, there's 31 of them, Diane, that actually were exempt to play this tournament this week. Does this tournament now, you know, they've always, the, the tour has always tried to position this as the, you know, the fifth major or the best field in golf. Does 31 players less than every other major this year bother you? I think because we haven't had a major since the summer. So we've had a big stretch where we haven't had majors and we've had Live and we've had PGA Tour and we've had these designated events. So to me right now, I don't notice the like Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith and Kepka not really being there like the, someone we, we mentioned Bryson DeChambeau in conversation not long ago and I was like oh yeah <laughs> I haven't talked about him for a really long time so I don't miss them right now however I think once we have the Masters next month and we see these guys back in the mix with these PGA Tour players that we're seeing week after week I think then it's going to be like whoa okay and from our personal standpoint you know we obviously have a number of contributors that are part of the Secret Golf team and I always try to catch up with them when they're here at the players and it's weird this year that we're missing Pat Perez, Mark Leishman, Jason Kokrak, three guys that I would normally spend quite a lot of time with um, at this tournament so that's maybe the thing that's kind of jarred me the most about it but I think once we get the majors underway we're really going to notice that there's this like these two tours with you know the best players in the world kind of split well, my prediction is I think when the major when the Masters rolls around and everybody who's exempt playing, Dustin Johnson, Bryson, all these guys, Phil Mickelson, all they're all going to be at the Masters, I think that's going to elevate the Masters to even higher. And the question will be that the tour will have to look at is whether or not they should invite those players to this one. 
Yeah. That would be the question because right now this is a second-tier event compared to the majors if you're going to include all the all the best players in the world that are on live into the majors. So they'll have at least 30 more top players than this one will. So they can't really say anymore that they've got the best field of all. Of all. Yeah. Of course, yeah. now when I won them, they were, they were all there, of course, as you know. <laughs> yeah. I always tell my son that on this one in 97, this was – two weeks before Tiger Woods turned into Tiger Woods at the Masters when he won by 12 strokes. So okay. I want you to go back and look at the list and see where Tiger finished in 1997. I love your wins. You know me. I try to walk through the Steve Elkington <laughs> gate every year and take a picture of it. I go into the, every time I'm in the clubhouse, I look at your big painting and I'm like, oh, there we go. It's, I think it's so cool. It really is. Um, and it's no easy feat to win once at TBC Sawgrass, but to win twice, I mean, you're part of a very select elite little crew there yeah it's certainly uh you know certainly a style course that suited me and and that's come so much into my thinking this week diane <clears throat> how accurate you have to be how you curve the ball and, and that's played a, a big part into what i'm thinking about this week but probably the most important thing about this week you can throw out all these stats if you want to mm. it's going to come down to you know how much heat has one of these players been in already during the season? Have they won? Have they been near the lead? Because there's a lot of pressure. There's an enormous amount of pressure on this golf uh, golf course, Diane, all the way around. You know, yes, it's undoubtedly noticeable at 17 and 18, but there's a lot of pressure on a lot of shots on the front nine here. So I'm looking at guys this week that have – done something recently that are in good form. I just don't think you can do it coming flat-footed into the Players' Championship without any kind of form. I do have one player that plays well here that's a super long shot that for some reason he does well. I honestly believe there's a very big list of top players that have never won this tournament. And that comes into my thinking, whether you think of VJ Singh, as many tournaments that he won, and Jim Furyk and Ernie Els, all these guys that never won this tournament, and you think, is it because they're not good enough? No. It doesn't suit their eye or it doesn't work with them. They don't know how to play it strategically or they've made, you know, whatever it is, there's a, a big list of top players that haven't won it. Patrick Cantley, one of the best players we have on tour. I don't know if he's made the cut here, has he? Um, yeah. There's, you know, there's certain sort of instances of some of these players, Diane, that there's guys that play well here. Mm -hmm. Cantley's missed the cut the last three years um, finished 23rd and 22nd um, out with that but I mean Tony Finau another great example he's played here six times missed the cut four and uh, finished 57th and 22nd so it's um it's tough. It's tough. And that is going to feed into our picks. We're going to get into them in a second. We have to talk about the ninth hole, first of all, though, because it's the par five. I walked it yesterday because I wanted to check it out. They've moved that tee box back and right. So it's um, 602 yards is the official yardage for that hole now. But they've also, I mean, I looked at the rough. Obviously, you've got all those bumps over on the right-hand side up by the green. The rock was thick and juicy up there. And then that, you know, you've got that body of water kind of far right. But then you have a smaller piece of water that they've definitely brought that more into play. They've It looks as though they've widened it and it seems to be more a more substantial hazard now. Yeah, well, you, as you say, they put the tee back. So, you know, they, they're trying to protect this this 
you know, the players from getting on the screen in two. So now it's basically going to be a three-shot hole. But as you said, if you miss the fairway, you may not be able to get across that little hazard in the middle of the fairway that's probably, I'm guessing now, 380 yards off the tee. If you hit a 250-yard drive, you're going to have to make a decision out of the rough if you can get across that that little creek. So, you know, will it what will it do to the scoring? Probably not too much. I mean, guys are still going to hit the fairway there at nine. It's not, not a hard tee shot. Um, lay up but they won't be getting on in two okay all right then well let's get into our picks as i said we are going to do another little show this week where we talk more about your wins and uh, and what it took <laughs> and the jelly legs walking from 16 to 17 oh yeah jelly legs for sure <laughs> i mean everyone can uh, everyone can understand well we can't understand how it feels but my gosh anyone <laughs> that stands on that hole has to be thinking like this is a this is a high pressure shot. Like this is a tense moment, especially when that wind picks up. Well, you know, when you practice today, one of the questions we used to ask ourselves was, if I do hit this in the water in the tournament, should I go over here and practice on the wedge shot? Nice. And a lot of people thought that was jinxing yourself if you went over and practiced off the, off the wedge shot. It's like, okay, I'm preparing myself to go in the water at least once and I need to know what this shot is, but I never did practice over there on the, on the wedge. I'm like, I'm not doing it because I'm not going to put that in my subconscious. So you ever hit it in the water on 17? I think I only hit it in the water one time, Diane, and all the years I played there about 20 times. So, you know, I was, I was actually, uh, Lisa and I were at dinner last night. We were looking at the players championship on the TV at a restaurant. And she says, hey, what do you think when you play 17, not whole 17? I'm thinking it's my wife for 30 years. I, know. <laughs> I said, well, I try to hit the center of that green. I'm not really shooting at the front left pin or the back right pin or the top pin. I'm looking at the center and then I'm looking at the best tempo of the day and I'm looking to hit the ball solid, keep everything still, keep everything moving like I would be on the driving range. And I figure if I push it or pull it or short or long, I'm still going to be on that green. So I think the, 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 the problem for a lot of players is they're not swinging well when they get there there's wind there's indecision they're going to try to play some special shot maybe try to half the green the green's only like 4200 square feet and now they're trying to aim at a thousand square feet i mean <clears throat> they've already messed themselves up so i'm looking at the center of that green die and i'll take it on there every day okay well we're going to get into our picks we each have an outright favorite one to watch and then dark horse at the high odds over 100 to 1 and we have um, a lot of super super high odds this week as you would expect with all the top names in the mix 4.5 million to the winner which is just wild and 600 fedex cup points so this is just it's a huge week and a really important week for those guys to go out there and make the cup okay so do you want to go first with your outright favorite no, you go first. Okay. okay, well, I'm. are we picking John Rahm? Are we picking Rory? They're the two favourites. Um, Rory finished runner-up at Bay Hill last week. Um, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm and Rory are obviously the, the guys that are kind of dominating right now. Max Homa as well, just having an incredible run of form. But I'm going to go a little bit further down because, you know... Yeah, we could go out and, as you said last week, we could pick John Ram every time he tees it up, but it just makes for a little bit more of a boring show. Um, so my guy is Jason Day. 
past champion here and I found him at 33 to 1. Now I picked him last week for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He was 33 to 1 uh, to win there as well. He ended up finishing in a tie for 10th. This guy is in great form and I'm going back to something you said at the start of the show that you know for this week you're looking at guys that are playing well and that they're hot as they enter TBC Sawgrass. Um, so for Jason Day he's had five top 10 finishes this season and an additional four top 25s. He won this tournament in 2016. He's had another two top 10s since then. Um, and I just think for someone who knows this course so well and is just playing great golf right now, at 33 to 1, to me, I was like, it's a no-brainer that I'm picking Jason Day again to win the players for the second time. Well, <clears throat> I think your formula is spot on because... Um, Jason Day is getting a little better. I'm looking at his heat map right here that we do, you know, to, to check him out for the last, you know, five or six weeks. His heat map is actually going from, you know, chilly all the way back up to super warm. But um, plays good here, Diane. Doesn't have to think too much about the beginning of the week. I mean, he's just sort of going to keep doing what he's doing. He's working with uh, Foley on his swing. He seems pretty happy about that. He's sort of fixed a lot of his problems with his back. I'm going down the list a little bit too. I've told you earlier that I think um, the winner of this tournament has to have been in the heat and they have to have had something happen to them recently where they've been in the heat and they've had to handle what it takes around being near the lead of a tournament because they're going to play on the weekend at this tournament for about five hours of intense pressure. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many, um, you know, interesting shots for us to watch on TV. We know 17, 18, but we also, there's other super tricky holes, Diane, like, you know, number four, number five, you yeah. know, number, 10, number 13 is super tricky. 14 always brings everybody undone before mm -hmm. they even get to 16. But I'm talking, I'm looking at Keegan Bradley, Diane, who has just sort of been on this, you know, heater lately. He's played good out West. He's, come from behind quite a bit in the tournaments where he's shoot a low round on Sunday, but he plays really good here. And he finished 10th last week um, at Bay Hill. Um, where am I? You know, fifth here last year, 29th, 16th, 17th, 60th, 35th, 35th. I mean, he's played here 10 times, 70% of the time he makes the cut here, had a second out west. 10th last week, shot 66, the low round of the day on Sunday at Bay Hill on the hardest course. Everyone else had trouble. He did not. Tells me that, you know, Keegan Bradley is kind of a jumpy guy, nervousy type player, but he's lost a lot of weight. And for some reason, Diane, well, I know why. I've got Keegan Bradley winning this tournament. I am, I am done with you because... <laughs> <laughs> I love that you throw out the 50 to 1 as your outright favourite. He's my one to watch. Oh, you're one to watch. Okay. We've we done this. This is like, what, our third week in a row, I think, where we've picked the same guy <laughs> for something. Um, yeah, Keegan Bradley, I have him as my one to watch. Remember last year, and last year was kind of an anomaly year at the players because the weather was so crazy and... Um, you know, it was luck of the draw, morning or afternoon tea times um, for sure last year. So a lot of big guys did miss the cut. Um, Keegan Bradley was really, he had a, a great chance to win. And then he went, what, bogey on 17, double on 18. Um, obviously playing aggressive to try and get that done. So that kind of screwed it for him. But yeah, 
I think that um, I, when I looked at his stats from last year, it was off the tee and his approach greens and reg were the, the really good stats for him en route to that finish. Um, and that's the trend in his game right now too. Obviously got that win at the Zozo runner-up at uh, Tory Pines this year. So, yes, look at us, both on Keegan Bradley. <laughs> well, I must say that if I had my choice of player that I was thinking about who, who um, you know, when I think of Calvin Pete, who won this tournament, um, you know, who was such a straight hitter, the equivalent of Calvin Pete in this era is Colin Morikawa. You know, we, you and I were at this tournament a few years back and we were walking with Pat Perez and Colin Morikawa coming down the stretch there on 16, 17, 18. I told you, I said, Colin Morikawa, this is before he'd won anything, mm -hmm. said he has the right kind of ball flight for this, plays a little power fade. He doesn't, he's not the super long, so he can just play it in the fairway. Morikawa was a little bit up and down this year. He's miscut last week. He plays good. He plays bad and had a hot finish at uh, Riviera. You know, sorry, miss a bunch of putts. And, mm -hmm. he's, you know, is he out of sorts? Well, not much. I mean, he's almost won the first tournament out in Kapalua. I mean, he's like 14th in the FedEx. His, his stats are really good. Mm -hmm. He's had a little trouble chipping. That, that's been well, well talked about. But he sort of has that metronomic swing, Diane, where when you get into the pressure of this tournament on the weekend, you know, I'm looking at Jordan Speed. Can Jordan hit the fairways? I don't think he can. I mean, he's got a sore left hip and he's hooking it and fading it. He's all over the show. Um, Can Jordan make has, a putt within five feet? <laughs> that was the problem you know, with the hill. Justin Thomas knows what it takes to win here. He's got to hone it down a little bit if get the ball in play. He'll know that. Um, I'm just I'm looking for someone that's that's been out of the, in the pressure, like King and Bradley, like what you've said with Jason Day. They both are waiting to pounce. Yeah, and we've had such a good range of players that have won um, the Players' Championship. So Keegan Bradley, to me, does kind of fit that model, especially right now with the way he's playing. So he's my one to watch. Who's your... <laughs> he's your out my, one to watch, uh, my, my one to watch has won this tournament okay. and has already won on the West Coast. Um, and I go back to what I talked about. When I got to the Players' Championship, I was playing at the Masters one time with Ben Crenshaw, and this was the most frightening thing that anyone ever said to me. Uh Ben Crenshaw said, you know, and the, and the greens that year were so fast and it was windy and I couldn't do anything on the green. We were playing a practice round and I was already intimidated by the greens at Augusta. It was one of my first years. And Crenshaw offhandedly said to me on about the fifth hole, he goes, you know, I don't really get excited until I really, about putting, until I come to Augusta. And I was just like, oh, my God, this guy is just in a different planet because I'm anything but excited about being on these greens. I'm like the reverse excited about it. But the player that I'm watching this week for the one to watch is Siwoo Kim because he gets excited when he comes to this tournament. He's won here. He's won in Hawaii where it was super windy this year already. He's playing good golf and his stats prove it. And he's only missed one cut in about the last eight weeks. And he's got everything that I like. Medium range hitter, been in the heat recently, won this tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, knows how his body's going to feel coming down the stretch at this tournament, knows what he's got to do to get him not out of position on Thursday, Friday. That's the key to this tournament, Diane. Sunday, yes, but not being out on Thursday, Friday, knowing what you're doing. That's why rookies, it's tough here. Yeah. Start missing fairways. What do you do when you miss a fairway at five? Do I chop it out and play 150 yards or do I try to push it up a bit further? Guys that have played this tournament year after year, they know what to do in certain holes because – 
a lot of these holes <clears throat> zigzag into the green. So when you do miss a fairway, the big question or the big thing you have to watch out for is don't make it doubly worse by trying to go up there and finish in a worse spot. Yeah. So especially Wu Kim, who was I'm watching, uh, and you know, I got my eye on Keith Mitchell, Kashmir Keith, who Colt Nos called. It's a great name. <laughs> uh, playing well, dresses well, having a great season. Mm -hmm. uh, Fifty-five to one. He's getting better with his putting every week on my heat map. He's my his little box here on putting. He's getting better. So okay. he's been in the heat. He's been in the heat out west about three times, and I think. Nothing would like nothing would make him feel better than to get into heat one more time because he's got a, a couple things to prove. I really thought you were going to take Ricky Fowler again this week at fifty-five to one. You know, another past champion who's playing great golf right now. Yeah, he's very solid. Um, I'm riding Si Wu. Okay. Okay, right, and then we move on to our dark horse picks. So these are the guys with the really high odds. And uh, as I said, there's a lot of them this week because it's one of the designated events. So I'm my guy's 100 to 1, so I'm right on there. But I'm, in the, I'm, I'm way up. I know, and I, I'm looking forward to hearing yours because I expected that from you this week. Um, I'm going to take a look at Harris English, who after injury and being just you know, off the map for ages. He's back and he's really building. Finished runner-up at Bay Hill last week. Um, and to me, that was such an encouraging sign. He's putting great right now. And he finished T12 at the Genesis just a few weeks ago. So those are some really good finishes lately in big events, 12th and then, as I said, second. But Elk, here's the big red flag. <laughs> he hasn't made a cut here since 2013. I couldn't believe it when I saw that stat for Harris English um, because he's always been a great iron player, you know, great greens and reg, um, as I said, fantastic putter. So <laughs> there's something about this course that um, hasn't worked well for him in the past, but I think this is going to be the year it turns around. I'm shocked sometimes when I, when I um, started doing stats and I start seeing players like Harris English that haven't played well here when he when he basically has a control game, you know. Um they don't know how to maybe play it strategic. Maybe they need to maybe they need to tune into the drawings that I did, Diane, so you can uh, learn how to play this course because there's certainly a recipe or there's certainly a uh I have a blueprint to play this course. Well, all Pete Dye courses. Pete Dye wants you to go away from where you're looking because it looks so Terrible, take 18 T shot, Diane. You've got the he said to me, he said, Elk, I want the I want your ankles on the on the bulkhead. I want you to hear the water slapping against your ankles. He said, What's the amateur gonna do? He's gonna hit it straight to the right, up into the hill where it's worse, he's <laughs> worse off. Yeah. Where he gives you the line. If you if you can have enough courage to hit it down that left side on 18, it opens it up and everything's fine. What a really scary looking tee shot is uh, on 10 as well, because on 10 you've got all that crap over on the left and then you've got all the, the trees up along the right towards the, the dog legs. So, yeah. yeah if, you miss the, if you miss the fairway right, usually the ball runs fast over yeah. it and gets stuck in a palmetto bush and that's automatic drop, that's automatic bogey. So, um, yeah, 10 is very narrow. You know, um, 
I just knew how to play that course. I knew what I was going to hit off each tee. That was a three-wood shot. I was just remembering I was on the right side of the tee, so I put myself over here so I could hit away from that right side and curve it back into the fairway. Just had this really good blueprint to play that. Found myself getting my swing in good shape um, before I got there. So when I got there, I didn't have to think too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking about a player that may not have to think too much is my long shot this with 371, 370 to 1. This guy should be um, 100 to 1 just because he's a local lad. Again, I talked about being in the heat already this year. We saw his mother being interviewed on TV, walking down the fairway in San Diego. I'm talking about, of course, Sam Ryder, who lives there at Jack's Beach, just down the road from you. Has Sam Ryder, Diane, been in the heat enough? Did he get a taste, a feel of everything uh, at San Diego to play well in his hometown this week? His putting stats are fantastic. He's got to know the courses where he practices every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh my gosh, can you imagine for him? He's going to have all his friends and family here. Um, yeah, and the the, the Sam Ryder mom interview was didn't <laughs> didn't you you spoke to Stu Redson from Waste Management who played with him afterwards and said that that's the moment that he was like, oh my gosh, this is really happening when he saw his mom getting interviewed walking down the fairway behind him. He said his mom's hair was trending on Twitter. <laughs> he was a super good sport about it my friend Stu Redson said he's headed down there uh, today to have a uh, some some meetings I was looking at another name Ben Griffin okay 280 to one playing really well had two good weeks in a row you know when I think about the last two weeks on tour I think of Bay Hill and I think of the Honda both of them are windy nasty firm Ben Griffin uh for a 300 to one shot is in good form. I had it circled here somewhere, 14th and 21st the last two weeks. And if you were gonna go for an absolute flyer, I'm up in the 500 range. Doug Gim played golf at the University of Texas. For some reason, he plays good at this tournament. Six last year, 20th the year before, has no form, zero form to go on right now. I told you players that are coming here flat-footed, have no chance or very little, but he has a glimmer of hope, Diane, because he plays good here. Okay. I have another name that I'm going to throw into the mix just because my 100 to 1 seems a bit lame. David Lingworth at 500 to 1. Um, he just finished in a tie for 10th at the Honda, I think it was, um, just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, at the Honda. But he lives here, so local, plays the course all the time. He His putting average is just great right now. We're looking at the last six events. He's gone 5th on tour, 6th, 13th, 20th. Okay, maybe training in the wrong direction, but he's still 20th on the PGA Tour for putting average. Um, and he's had a, a second place finish at the players before, um, albeit a long time ago. He hasn't played in this tournament since 2018. But Lingworth has found some new form um, on a course he knows well, and he's playing great, putting re- really well. So 500 to one, I'll throw him in the mix. Well, one of the things that I did yesterday, Diane, I went back and looked at the stats from last week looking at Kurt Kitayama and see if I could, if there's anything that I missed by looking at his heat map mm-hmm. because um, he has the same sort of idea or uh, I think Paul Azinger mentioned it uh, on the TV that he had three other second-place finishes behind Rahm, behind Rory or some other top players. Um, top 25 ball striker on tour 
and he proved it last week when he and the heat map proved that he's he's, he's 25th in in ball striking he led the tour last week at bay hill and that that was the the difference maker for him so mm. now final thought here you know there's all these great players that we didn't mention rory mcelroy he's one here he knows what he's doing uh scotty scheffler he knows what he's doing max honma should play well here plays a little power fade victor hovland's having a great season Zalatoris, all these guys, Diane. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Matt Fitzpatrick is a very controlled player. Yeah. Chris Kirk, Justin Thomas, the guy loves, you know, Burns is out of form. Burns is not swinging well. I think he was 10 over last week. TV was all over him about changing his swing action or whatever it is. Going back to what I said before, it's about greens and red, greens and red, greens and red. Can you hit these greens and keep it away from the big drop-offs and weird angles that make you make bogeys. Okay. All right. Well, that was great fun. I love our picks this week. Um, a little bit of overlap once again. And it's always so good to pick your brains. I know that this is a busy week for you. I wish you were here, but um, you have lots of radio that you do. And um, obviously, you know, it's, uh, everyone wants to find out what you think about the Players' Championship and, um, and your picks for this week. Well, I think, you know, it's a, it's a great week, no matter whether we got the the, the other guys here or not. It, it's it's all going to come down on Sunday afternoon. I, I, I was listening to the Golf talk, talk Live this morning. They were giving a little weather update and said that the wind could come out of the north on the weekend and blow into us on 17 and 18. So that'll be exciting because 16 will give up a lot of birdies, a lot of, you know, on the green in twos and, uh, you know, normally what's going to, what happens on a week like this where there's a lot of rough, we'll see some, some guys get in position the first two days and we'll wonder if they'll be able to hold and then we'll see the good players start to move up and mm -hmm. the, the players that are struggling with the pressure may go like this and we're going to see who's left at the end. We saw Cam Smith tied for the lead with nine holes to go last year and he had nine putts, I think, over the last eight holes and that was only a beginning of what we were going to see from Cam Smith when it came to putting at what he did at the old course. So who has that? magic touch whether it's greens and reg or putting performance that is you're going to have to you're going to have to win it this week diane with your with your skill there is no in the rough down the middle chip on and keep the lead that is not going to happen yeah and my brother russell finished sixth here last year and um, my husband and i we found out that we were expecting grayson on just after the Thursday round at the players. So um, yeah, it's been nice to go back to the course this year and be like, oh my gosh, last year was uh, pretty special for us. When you were on the tee uh, on Sunday on the 17th hole with Grayson, it was his first time he'd been on the 17th tee, did you hit a shot that day? <laughs> and and uh, my husband caddied for Russell on Sunday with his practice round and there was quite a few because the merchandise tent was open it's right behind 17 so there was quite a few people around and uh, they were all heckling Garrett to hit on 17 and he was like no I can't do it I can't do it yeah <laughs> like, we, uh, we used to you know the caddies have a tournament there on uh, you know Wednesday evening nearest the pin wins, wins a bunch of money my caddy uh, the late Dave Rennick a Scotsman who won the PGA with me uh, missed the lake on 17, hit a power hook up onto the hill. It was the funniest thing we've ever seen. So uh, anything can happen with the caddies on 17. Yeah, yeah, it's good that they take that shot because, oh my gosh, the, the pressure that their guys feel once that tournament begins is horrible. Usually, horrible. usually what the player says to the caddy, whatever you do, 
don't let go of the club. We, we're going to, and that, that usually makes them freeze up on it, and that make, that ruins the whole thing for them. That's funny. All right. Well, thank you very much for watching and listening the tour report this week for the players' championship. We have loads of media um, and our games, of course, running on our app, the SG Tour Golf Gaming app, and you can check out our full stat breakdown and analysis. So that'll help you when it comes to making your picks as well. But um, yep, players this week staying in Florida for the Valspar next week, and we'll be back with the tour report. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.